On this episode of Last King Podcast, it's Laughter Field because we've got the Joker and It Chapter 2. episode of Last King Podcast. I am one of your hosts, the ever-smiling centric Tom. I am. And, oh, <laughs> and this after is, you, uh, sir. <laughs> okay, and this is Clown Man, Mr. Toffee speaking. And this is the only reason to pull off white face, Shafik. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> think about it. Both these characters. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I think. So anyway, yes. Uh, Halloween is almost upon us, and uh, tis the season to be scary, I guess. Uh, as a tradition of the Last King Podcast, this is the time where we usually. Uh, kind of hold off all the scary stuff because for some strange reason the horror movies seem to be coming out pretty off season nowadays yeah like uh happy death day to you came out in february yeah and just us in time came out on march Dance as well Fire. us was march yeah, yeah. And, uh, a movie that we unfortunately skipped on but no the first one we didn't really quite review but we're going to review the second one, so yeah, because, you know, this is probably the most talked about painted face uh, clown horror uh, Joker. Uh, oh wait, I'm <laughs> sorry, uh, It Chapter 2. The other one. The, the, one yeah. that we the other scary the clown story, yeah. Because there was literally many other things we wanted to talk about. Better things to yes. <laughs> talk about. It's something we just have to get out of the way, I mean, you gotta clean the garbage before we get to this <laughs> stuff, right? Well, wow. Also, SEO. <laughs> Yeah, that too. I mean, too. the most delayed SEO, but fuck it, whatever. Who cares? People are probably yeah. still searching for It Chapter 2. Speaking of who cares, It Chapter 2. Yeah, so, um, boys, uh, maybe... Maybe just a bit of a summary. I mean, a bit, a bit of a recap. Like, so Want to do Chapter 1 first? Uh, yeah, maybe we can talk about that first before we get to It, it Chapter 2. Sure, like... fine. Any reason to not talk about that movie. <laughs> uh, it Chapter 1 was better than expected, but still not amazing. I agree. <laughs> it was mainly carried on a decent cast of child actors and a pretty terrifying performance by Bill Skarsgård. I kind of disagree. Really? <laughs> I didn't like the child actors at all. Oh, come on. I liked uh, Sophia Ellis. I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> for her acting. Jesus Christ. No, really? she did Not for her cute little bra scene with the, in the lake. And the, the... That was deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Have an extended 10-minute scene with a load of kids in underwear. So, like, why, why are you doing this movie? Don't suppress it, sir. <laughs> anyway. Okay, there's this thing about Stranger Things where basically you kind of want to get nostalgic with whatever trappings it has. I yep. felt that It Chapter 1 did that. I mean, they obviously copied. Maybe, I'm not sure, but at the same time... I enjoyed it, like the kids' camaraderie and everything, teaming up as the losers, fighting back against the bullies, all that. I mean, compared to the TV show itself, I preferred this movie than the first half of the TV show because, again, they nailed the kid actors right, the acting, the way mm. they talk to each other, everything. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I know I, what you mean. I, but then I feel that Pennywise is a bit too on-the-nose scary in this one, which is not a bad thing. But when you see him at the start, when he's trying to lure Billy's little brother or Georgie's little brother. Georgie, yeah. No, Georgie was yeah. a little kid being lured. Yeah, yeah. you kind of expect him to be like a cute clown before he gets all scary. I found that more enti- I found that more um, believable in the TV series than the actual movie, if you can believe that. I can, but- yeah, because I kind of agree with you that the clown in the TV series actually worked better than this clown. Whereas, like, this clown felt to me like if you gave a 
concept artist, like what would the scary clown look like in 2019? And that's exactly the image because that looks like, yeah, this is something people would buy as a killer clown. Whereas yeah, mm. yeah. what I liked about the original miniseries, right? When uh, Tim Curry's Pennywise is just not doing anything creepy. He's just kind of adorable. He No, he's a regular clown, which <laughs> yeah. makes it extra terrifying because then that's an image you see constantly. Like if you see a clown and there's like, and then the, uh, its ability to turn so quickly and just mm. be like all fangs and like claws, right? That, that's what made him work. Whereas this one, it felt like, all right, creepy clown supposed to do creepy things. So the jump scares, the jump scare doesn't really hit you and it doesn't quite like, like catch you at that psychological level where, no, 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 wait, this, you should stay away from him. There's nothing like safe about nothing this. Nothing adorable about yeah. the clown at so, all. Like, I mean, maybe Bill did such a good job being a scary clown. I mean, clown and again. here's the thing, like if you were to see uh, each chapter 2, like that one scene with the little girl underneath the bleachers approaching yeah, the yeah. clown, like I would have get, gotten the fuck out of that situation yeah. immediately. Uh, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but... But let's go back to chapter 1. So yeah, uh, didn't really like the clown. I thought it was an okay interpretation, but yeah, I agree with you, a little bit on the nose. I kind of didn't like the kid actors because... Also a little bit on the nose, like Finn Wolfhard kind of <laughs> tried to, like, they tried to capture that 80s essence, like, they tried to make them sound like the Goonies, but it didn't quite work. Like, you needed actual 80s kids who actually talk like that. Which is, hard I mean, to do. very difficult to yeah. do, unless you want to have a In bunch this day of and age, yeah, 40-somethings but... playing kids. No, no, what I'm saying is, like, those actual kids, that's how they spoke. So it sounded so natural, whereas, like, seeing Finn do all those, like, your mama jokes, it, fi- it felt like kind of like, yeah, you can stop now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit too much. Like, but uh, did they did try their best, lot to try to recapture I mean, that. A for say? effort, but yeah. uh, uh, there was also moments where it just kind of a little bit cringe, especially mm. when it, they decided to do more heartfelt stuff where the kids were supposed to kind of start bonding and like, okay, now we're gonna need to establish relationships and uh, romantic interests, and it's just like, yeah, you kids are not doing a good job of portraying that emotion right now but you're kids so yeah. I mean for me kind of broke emotion because at that point in time I felt like oh yeah I'm watching a movie I think that for what it was trying to be and I didn't really watch it again after I saw it in a but yeah at the time it was fun and I didn't have anything serious to complain about apart from you know some people didn't have you know enough to do especially uh, whoever was playing um, you know the token black guy of the friendship group what was the token blonde kid <laughs> who literally who? Exactly. The one who got his face bit off. <laughs> oh, him. Oh, yeah. Suicide Boy. Oh, wait. That's uh, chapter two. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, but overall, I did enjoy it. I mean, like, if mm. you want to say it as a horror thrill, right? I had a lot of fun. Uh, I like the new additions. I like the the projector jump scare was pretty well done. That was pretty, yeah. Everything else felt kind of goofy. Um, the only thing that truly like left a, a mark on me was probably when the painting came to life. Mm. With, with the mm, bent woman like that, that, that was genuinely creepy everything yeah. else felt like a standard horror movie tropish like yeah he's scary leper cool or like Hitler's kid was kind of creepy too but eh I don't know I mean it kind of felt to me that uh, with I mean I'm not going to compare it too much to the miniseries because the miniseries itself has plenty of problems whereas with uh, It Chapter 1 it felt like a good refresh it's a nice coat of paint mm. I appreciated it for what it was but I wouldn't call it like one of the best horror movies of all time not even by a long shot oh it's certainly not a classic it, it, it's, it's a good fun horror film mm. that you know tries to stick to its time tries to, t- to stick to its like uh, you know like manifestation of kids you know and then the I mean it was literally kind of riding on the success of Stranger Things even bringing one of the kids along yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. coincidentally but at the same time it doesn't mm. feel 
bad, like a bad ripoff or even a bad cop imitation. Yeah, it wasn't a bad reboot. To uh, I yeah. totally agree with that. But yeah, then they decided to like, you know what? This movie made a lot of money. Let's do it again. Well, but this time to. with the older guys, which we did in the miniseries, which I felt was okay. And let's just start it off. Uh, when it comes to the original miniseries, uh, the second chapter was hella boring for me. I did not appreciate it that much. I really wish the runtime was shorter because I remember the first chapter was like, what, two hours or slightly less? Two hours God, in? are we going to talk about the three-hour epic Yeah, chapter two, yeah, ch- chapter two chapter was two. too long. <laughs> yes. A movie, crazy this stuff. This definitely like... needed an intermission. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and if, it's the wrong kind of uh, two like, and a half hours. Like, a good yeah. kind of uh, movie which is two and a half, three hours is like, for example, Endgame. Where you're going, oh shit, I still have a lot of time to enjoy myself. I just was like, oh fuck, I still need to be here. I got a better example. Once upon a time in America. I mean, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, True. Yeah. Close to three hours, right? Yep. Close to three hours? Yeah. Totally yeah. enjoyed myself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but, whew. So, uh, let's start it right off. So, It Chapter 2 came out hot on the heels of the success of the first one. Hot on the heels being. It was a two-year turnaround or three-year turnaround? Two-year turnaround. Year turnaround. Came out in yeah. 2017, the first one. Two-year turnaround. Uh, the marketing started pretty early. I, would, I remember early last year where they were announcing cast members and like p- putting posters they up. They were right? doing a big reveal about who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? And like, who yeah, are they going to be? Some San Diego thing going on, I mean, there were some right? pretty inspired like uh, casting choices. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Finn Wolfhard growing up into Bill Hader. Never saw it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, people do have their glow up. Although that's one hell of a fucking glow up, Jesus Christ! <laughs> this yeah. is a glow dancer. Have you seen Bill Hader? <laughs> Bill Hader's a good-looking dude. Okay. <laughs> in the uh, right light. In, in the right. <laughs> in the right lighting. Wow. Well, hey, that was one of the best caveat slips I've ever seen. Like, it just slid right in. Like, nice one, sir. Well, here's another one. Finn Hellfort isn't exactly a big looker either. I think he's gonna grow up to be a. He's 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 got that Zac Efron. This guy's gonna be pretty good looking, and he's gonna oh, annoy no, no. people. Oh no, he's not gonna be Zac Efron levels. I'm saying that right now. You gonna call it? Absolutely not. Hmm. All right. Perhaps a wager, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the most long-lasting. Wager. I guess we'll collect your money ten years later down the line. Nah, I'm gonna say it's like once his growth spurt finally kicks in and he starts growing facial hair. His growth spurt already kicked in. He's already like six foot or something. No, the thing is, he's sixteen. Like, it, yeah, he, he looks like he's gonna be not like he's gangly now. So if he gets the right... Oh, when he bulks out, yeah. Yeah, like when he does huh. the Zac Efron. Like even when he... Pop. Even if he does like a Justin Bieber and he just gets shredded, right? He's like, yep, this kid's gonna be annoying. Yeah, well... I think he's gonna be a Justin Long, actually. A Justin Long? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or the kid who wow. played Hiccup in How to Train Your Dragon, the adult. Jay Baruchel? No, sir. Yes. Oh, come he on. might be that. He's nowhere near Jewish, Jewish enough to be Jay Baruchel. <laughs> okay, but he could that, if he that. tried. He could. And he yeah. did try in the first movie to be very Jewish. No, wait, that was the other kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he. I think he captured the uh, hypochondriac uh, pretty damn well. True that. And okay. I have to say, the uh, adult actor also did a very good job of, cap- uh, you know, men who inevitably end up marrying a version of their own mother because... That's what happens, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> In this universe yeah. where, hey, you all know what irony is? Let me hit you on the head with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, growth and change? Yeah, that doesn't happen. You do exactly the same shit you were doing when you were a kid. Hey, guys, you know consistency? Uh, yeah, or continuity? Nah, we're just gonna pretend like everything that happened in part one is like, oh, we're adults now. We totally forgot about it. It was just some weird child fever dream. So, mm. I mean, this movie opens in one of the most confusing ways. 
it could. It's like, so we're going to start with a hate crime and then we're it, going to introduce the cloud murder. Yes. Yeah. It's because it's that whole, we got to hit the whoop checklist. We need to have these situations. I guess so, but it's just like, it was such a weird thing to happen because if that actually happened, they would, like, because it's in a crowded area and they would be arrested immediately. It's not like... So, like, it it's some gay guys. Yeah. So, well, here's a narrative question. Mm -hmm. Who are these gay guys? No idea. And, and what have they got to do with anybody? Right Absolutely nothing. Does he not attack children? Apparently. So, he also attacks adults. Well, specifically gay adults. Specifically gay adults. Which is the modus operandi that was not established in the first film. No. Was it even established in the book? <laughs> was it even I established anywhere? <laughs> so this to me felt like, ah, studio meddling starts now. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. just like, oh, we really want to like paint how bad a guy he is. It's like, it's a killer clown who kills kids. Why do you need to introduce no, this it, shit? Like, and it's already been established in the first film. That's why there's the word second let chapter. Me, let me, let me do this for you guys. You know, uh, I'm going to play Mr. Hollywood Executive. Okay, what's going to happen in the opening scene? He kills a child. Nah, uh, demographics. We need more, like, uh, uh, wokeness. Uh, make it a gay person. Have you noticed that this film, most of the people who are killed, I don't think they have anything to do with the Losers Club or any nope. of the relatives. Nope. That's because you paid strange. good yeah. money for those actors, you're not going to kill them off like that. Well, one of them had a wonderful suicide all by well, himself. Yeah, but he was also the one who I couldn't recognize. So. Yeah, he was the kid that nobody remembered in the first <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, there was consistency in that character development. Yep. Everyone forgot about him. I wouldn't say consistency. I would say whoever was supposed to write him, whatever writer that was assigned him, yeah, he still Can didn't turn up for work that <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> Had too many drug bands. Like, right, fine, fuck it. We'll kill him off. What are you going to do with this guy? I don't know. We wrote ourselves into a corner, literally. Yeah, let's make him kill himself. They did that in the miniseries. Yeah, but he was the catalyst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas in this situation, it felt like, okay, spoilers, because this movie's been out for two months. That character was not well written. We all agree. Yes. Then he became terribly written at the end of the movie when he predicted that upon his death that they would successfully defeat it and he wrote that loving letter to the montage of them all looking into the sky. And I felt to myself I thought I was like thinking to myself, is like, huh? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> how how would that letter get through in the first Wait. place? Like they need precise timing, then, like when are they gonna kill the killer clown and so stuff. So last king fans. <laughs> it's weird. If you it's thought weird. the Joker's plan in the Dark Knight was hella convoluted. Convoluted. This guy was going to mail out letters to each one of his surviving friends. And he also knew that, yes, upon successfully defeating... If you read this, I am dead because I killed myself. But I'm pretty sure you beat that clown because... What? <laughs> Which is weird because they show in the, in the movie that he gets a phone call and then he kills himself within, I don't know, an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. He wrote five letters by <laughs> hand, by the way. <laughs> Very goddamn quickly. This sounds like a JRPG plotline thing that happens. Handwriting, through. I must say, as well. In a world where email exists, <laughs> yeah, couldn't and a e WhatsApp have been a little? An email makes more sense because you can schedule emails. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Yes. Whereas with a letter, you say to the postman, what well, you say to your wife? Oh, by the way, can you deliver this in five days' time? Don't question it. No matter what happens, no, no, what no, are you going to do? Here's another. Yeah, something to do with a killer cloud. Yeah, yeah don't yeah. question it. Let yes. me just bring up another logic pro problem. How would he have known how long it would have taken them to kill the clown? 
Yeah. <laughs> and how could he have predicted perfectly that the mailman, if they still exist, yes, managed to deliver the letter just in time? What if the mailman came early? Like, here's a letter for you. Oh, and then like, poor kid who's about to face it. Oh, apparently I'm dead and uh, you're gonna kill this clown. Like, <laughs> doesn't make sense. So, okay. Um, Maybe he expected them to do it immediately, but because the US Post Service is so <laughs> shit, it just took that long for them to get the letters. Let's okay. So one character down. Next one. <laughs> Let's go. Um, so uh, fat kid is now black kid according to interests. Yeah. Why? Because black kid had nothing to do in the first one. I guess so. I think that's the but reason. Black kid to me, I felt was even better fleshed out. Even though I also like in the original mini mini series, it was the black kid who was more interested in dairy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it wasn't the fat kid. Fat kid was just the poetry guy who was in love with the girl. Yeah. So they flip that character around and they decide to flip it back because why? Actually, yeah, why? I think that? it why was because What's the main criticism from most people, even people who liked the movie, was that, oh, but the black kid has nothing to do and, you know. He it, brought the weapon, he had that whole thing with the fire and his his arc was pretty interesting. His arc was interesting, but in terms of like actual like screen time and dialogue, yeah, true I that, guess though. he was like, definitely. The weakest source and because he, was like, he wasn't paired up as the rest of them were whereas yeah. they could like work off each other like he was always like oh and that kid i don't know uh when it comes to the casting for this film it felt like okay major complaint is the linkage character wise and cast wise kind of maybe not made sense jessica chastain i felt like okay this is a totally different character who is she i mean she did a good job but there was definitely a disconnect between the two performances yeah, this is definitely when it, it comes of writing like whoever wrote these two characters like no they're supposed to be the same person because you know at the end of chapter one uh i can't what's the name of uh, uh, beverly, beverly beverly like beverly very clearly has gone through some semblance of growth self-confidence yep a kind of like a fuck you attitude and then Started this movie. Oh, she's back to being the submissive, like beaten woman. So let me take so, you back to the start of this podcast. Trying to follow the beats of the TV show. Not just that. Sense. Let me remind you at the start of this podcast. Hey, you know what irony is? Let me hit you on the head with it. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is yeah, what we do much, for every much. character because oh look, they never truly escape dairy. Maybe it is the town that's evil. Bloody blood. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to sleep. Wake me up at the end of this review. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. Uh, James McAvoy. Hey, he's a uh, scriptwriter who can't write endings. Okay, cool. So is that on the nose for Stephen King or whoever wrote yeah. this piece of shit? I think it's pretty <laughs> both. I think it's both. I say both. <laughs> take your take your pick. To be honest, like it's definitely a dig at Stephen King because oh, we need the Stephen King uh, stand-in, right? So like ah, and it was one of the things where I felt like uh, jump scares was like okay, cool, and then when the story happened, I like that moment at the fair. Yeah, which would have been a, a great way to end it. Stop it there. I suppose. Like that would be it escalates and then it enters this realm of chaos where like okay he's stronger and more powerful than ever before. He is f able to do all sorts of things. Balloons everywhere. Total anarchy. Cut the movie. Yeah, magic mirror stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, just cut. Like it's like it's it's the bleakest, most fucked up thing. Nobody ever escapes Derry. Sure. And then there's still more movie to go, huh? <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like 40, 30 minutes. Like, there's a cave and yeah. fight a giant clown spider thing. Which we all... Okay, uh, as much as I'm... I'm not an apologist for the first one. I thought the, 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 the clown spider in the original miniseries kind of dumb. I like the idea of what it's supposed to represent in the books because then your imagination takes over. And this is definitely Stephen King with a raging heart on for Lovecraft. Like, mm -hmm. yes, this thing beyond uh, comprehension. Anyway, uh... 
notwithstanding. Uh, the problem with it, chapter two, is that okay, let's just, uh, it's be, a goddamn mess. It's inconsistently written, mm, poorly and, paced. And I'm gonna point out two things. Firstly, it had too many. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. It was definitely we need to pay homage to the TV series because people need references. Because nobody's smart enough to like uh, allow adaptation anymore. Yeah, and everything then, has to be as close to the source material as possible. Or people will complain. No, they yeah. don't. Nobody cares. Like, speaking of adaptations, can't wait to talk about the next film. Anyway, and then also, this is pure studio meddling. It definitely mm. felt like executives, like, we need more clown scenes. There's not enough clown scenes. We need more kids in danger. Like, that's what made the first movie. really well with the first movie, therefore you need to do it again. Bingo. You know, and then, like, here's some other things you need to throw in there right now. This really felt like Robocop 2 when they added too many prime directives. And at the end of the day, it's like, okay, the scares were effective in terms of, like, do jump scares work? All the time. Well, yeah, because they come out of nowhere and they use cheap tricks. Check. I hate them. At the same time, it does come off as annoying and obnoxious in this film. Oh, God, really annoying and obnoxious uh, during the third third act, which I kind of appreciated because that's when I was wide awake. I was like, all right, here we go. I mean, it was like a fun little, like, trip through some weird psychotic horror fest. Yep. And then uh, it came all goofy with Clown Spider, which was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, that and didn't work at all. You defeat it by emotionally bullying it <laughs> into a little baby. So <laughs> it's like, I don't know when it, if you've ever played D&D where like, it ends with the bar just like using vicious mockery. Mm-hmm. It was like constantly just like, you're nothing, you suck. And it's like, Look, well, it, it was, was literally a scene right out of Monkey Island. It, it became an insult fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yes. And I was like thinking to myself, this is the dumbest battle of all time. Like, at least in the miniseries, they had to beat it, to sh- the beat the shit of it and rip its heart out. <laughs> yeah. Which I thoroughly appreciated. It's like, okay, this looks goofy. Uh, the puppetry doesn't quite work. The actors have no idea what they're looking at. But yeah, I'll let it slide. Whereas in this one, okay... With TV budget, you know, and everything. That was a TV budget. And this one felt like... I, I know they had p- problems with the budget because mm. the effects were all over the place. But that final scene is like... It literally felt like to me like... Uh, okay, and then we, we have weapons and then with like this and the power of love and magical lights. And, oh, no, no, we, we can't afford all of that. Uh, let's just shout it down. Yeah, let's just, just bully it because that's the thing you That's how you defeat here. bullying with other bullying, like... Oh, you hey. Just, you bully harder and therefore you succeed. Hey, from this corner of the room. Hey, you know what irony is? Let me hit you on the head with it. <laughs> Fuck this movie. <laughs> Jeez. And you know what? The thing is, when I saw it chapter one, I felt uh, it was, this is a good way to kind of, you know, okay, try again. Mm. And like, let's learn from our mistakes, boys and girls. And like, okay, let's add some in- improvements here and there. And like, what I would like about it chapter one, the film compared to the, the TV show. It leaned it out. Like, as much as people have problems with, like, some characters kind of phasing out until the, like, the, the third act. and A lot up. of that was trimmed. But it was, in terms of uh, pacing, in terms of delivery, is like, this is a very functional horror film. Yeah, it definitely didn't, like, stop yeah. for an hour to have, like, five different, exactly the same fucking stories happen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like a fucking compilation <laughs> series. Go for it. Just keep going. Anthology <laughs> in a sequel. And Jesus. Like, and... Parts that were meant to be like scary were just hilarious. Are we talking about uh, Jessica Chastain's moment in uh, Pennywise's go- wife's house? Yeah, she just like dances <laughs> naked in the corner. <laughs> I of the was house. giggling my ass off. <laughs> yeah. Or when was that even supposed to be scary? Because it wasn't. And when the hyperchondriac is fighting with the leopard, then 
as soon as he starts vomiting, the music changes to something upbeat. Did it? Don't you remember? Maybe I like, fell asleep like, again. Like, tense music, tense music, and suddenly like oh, wait, pop it, music. They did the, no, I thought they did the Call Me Angel in the Morning again. Was yeah. It? Yeah, that's the yeah. One. I remember that. I remember I, like I, I thought it was a. I thought it was a glitch. I think, like, was there an error? Did someone like mix in the wrong thing as a gag? Really? It, it felt like a hard cut. It felt like the weirdest cut. Let's go. Let's go crazy. And then like, uh, James McAvoy finally discovers his X Men powers. Or his hair just falls out and he starts <laughs> yeah. to use his legs. Shocker! This was the X Men movie we wanted all along. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, Professor X versus a clown. Yeah, and hey, so, it'd yes. still be better than Dark Phoenix. Yes. I watched that movie finally. <laughs> yeah, and? God damn, it's terrible. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys warned me not to, and I still decided yeah, to, and then I was like, how bad could it be? Oh, fuck me, it was terrible. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's like... Oh, props to Ty Sheridan, my god. Probably one of the worst delivered lines to convince no, uh, Sophie Turner's character. Not just Ty Sheridan. <laughs> Sophie Turner, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. All of them. And yes. again, just like in It Chapter 2, look at James McAvoy be a goddamn professional and just come to work. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm. This is what, like, this is the moment where we uh, are better writers than Hollywood and oh. we have to prove it again. Yeah. Here's the idea. Fuck the adults. The kids aged up. Three years later, they thought that he'd come back 22 years later. Nope. He's back. Yeah, just have the kids back. It's not Because like- he's a fucking monster and he yeah. doesn't have a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> a very specific schedule. Yeah, which like was not really explained. And you know what? Uh, which Scars Gregard is this one? Sorry. Bill Scars Bill. Guard, right? Yeah, Bill, Bill Scars. Oh yeah, because they're like seven of the fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All of them are working. You're about, you're about to say Peter, right? <laughs> I can't tell. You know, at least I didn't say Stellan. Yeah, anyway, okay. speaking of wrinkly. No, uh, oh, what gosh. I was about to say was like, uh, why don't you just keep it on the kids? Because if that's the demographic, if that's what they want to do, and if you want to be brave and do the adaptation... Let the kids make it kind of like fucking Dream Warriors. Like, you know, which is mm. one of the weirder Nightmare on Elm Streets, but kind of the most enjoyable. That's the most fun. Yeah, the you know what I mean? Like with fucking Dokken in the background. Dream yes. Warriors! But it's like, let the kids slowly grow with this as the, I would say, the thematic uh, representation of adulthood and like the the, dist- the, the, the yeah. evils of the world and that would be perfect because then that means the first movie wouldn't have to be another fucking 80s throwback movie <laughs> yes <laughs> it could be a 90s throwback movie oh yeah, shit yeah. keep How it consistent are... 80s here, 90s yeah. here is you know slightly more tolerable than another fucking 80s throwback here's another idea guys a new bunch of characters <gasps> no now you're talking heresy now we're talking like, yeah, why do we need... It's, it's not Star Wars. We don't need to only focus on the Skywalkers. It kills children. I'm pretty sure those aren't the only kids left. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of kids in Derry. Right, a lot of kids in Derry. You know, it's just a smorgasbord, boys. Like a lot of people in Derry. Like, or even yeah, better, does, does. Uh, watch all those uh, lovely little details that the original movie added, which I enjoyed thoroughly with the art direction, with like all those missing posters. Or in that f- scene inside the sewer where you see all the floating, all the pieces of kids. Like, yeah, he actually goes to work. So why are we focusing on these five assholes who escaped him? Why not we just... Like, so if, like the, the next generation, then you could have like cameos if you must insist on sure if you want to shoehorn characters in but yeah yeah cameos is always fun to draw a crowd anyway but just relegate them to those cameos focus on the new kids and guess what studio meddling we need to bring back the shit that made that worked the first time so there you go uh it chapter 2 is a film that is nothing but a pure cash grab let's be honest I mean it's 
we knew it was gonna happen because it happened with the miniseries and because it is such a big mm, book you but, had to, it was always gonna be two movies but the difference is like in the original miniseries it it felt like okay this was something that we felt they filmed the kids and the actors uh, the adult actors at the same time this they literally said we haven't even cast the second one we didn't even think that you wanted a second one this made some money now we're gonna make a second one let's uh what's the plan Let's just do what the other thing did, Roll and we it. add <laughs> shit because so, fuck. <laughs> I think we've stumbled into it. Like the first one, even though like you know it was a like fairly studio, there was still a bit of risk behind it because yep. they weren't quite sure if they were gonna make another one. The second one was safe as fuck. Yes, and so it fell into so many traps that we have with every fucking corporate sequel. Until <laughs> speaking of franchise clowns. <laughs> Speaking of killer clowns... Killer clowns! Speaking of killer clowns. Not the clowns from outer space. So, Oh, it's enough to make you go mad, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. So, pretty much on the fence in terms of what this could possibly do. Mm-hmm. And this is us fresh off watching films the likes of like maybe Logan. Like, oh, hey, postmodern smart uh, comic book stories. And then glass happened and they're like yeah they're not gonna pull well, it off. Well, I mean, we had a good run <laughs> with like one movie. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then... Um, like this year in terms of comic book fair still Alita Battle Angel and Avengers Endgame for me I'm still I, 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 I rewatched <laughs> it again still not I, don't, I still think it's, it lacks so many things hmm. and then <coughs> I thought oh all hope is lost but in this year of 2019 on the anniversary of uh, Batman 89 and also, Superman 79. Oh, oh yeah. Yep, yep. This is, Superman 79. It feels yeah. to me like at the end of every decade, DC pulls one out and just blows everybody away. It's like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's not a great uh, <laughs> business model. Like, oh, every 10 years on the, like, near the end of a decade, it's like, pull something out your ass. And compared to all the other DC fair, probably this is, I wouldn't even say br- smart. It's definitely brave. This, this is definitely commercial this was, suicide. This was a choice. For yeah. fucking sure. And it also... And what I appreciated was... Um, none of the trappings of anything to do with the DCEU. That was its mm-hmm. own thing. And yep. DC felt it smart enough. I mean, DC technically belongs to Warner Brothers. So it's somebody higher above was like... Uh, we have the Joker property. Try something. Because every 10 years, we do one of these. Like... And because fuck it, we can't make another Aquaman movie so soon. Not yet, yeah. Because that that yeah. definitely needs a budget. That's like another few. That's like another three, four years, right? Or three years. Probably. No one has any fucking idea. Dude, that timeline is all out of whack. I'm hearing uh, production stories from the Wonder Woman sequel, and things are not looking good. Well, yeah, because uh, the first movie wasn't that good. Yeah, and so like Shazam was not bad. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shazam was also right. didn't make that much money. Unfortunately, because yeah. yeah, if you sandwich in between like the Marvel nonsense, yeah. well, it had the best after credit stinger I think of recent years. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who was that caterpillar? Google it, kids. Uh, <laughs> You'll be surprised. Oh, He's that... one of the most powerful caterpillars ever. Yes. So he had his own society. Uh, okay, too. so that's the thing about DC because DC to me was the uh, comic book to movie. I mean, they weren't a the studio then. But the thing about DC characters is in the right hands with the right motivation and the right intention and artistic license, creativity, and a whole lot of panache and personality. Like, every once in a while, DC just does something that makes you think, like, 
yeah, we can finally take comic book movies seriously. Hmm. And then comes that whole slog of like, oh yeah, then we to sit through all this shit again. And then like every once in a while is like, uh, Superman, crappy Superman sequels. Batman, crappy Batman sequels. And then like you know it took a while. And then oh, Dark Knight. And then a fantastic sequel. Then a really weird third one that I still. Think I think a lot of people are on the fence about it. On the fence? Film. I yeah. kind of hate it now. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not great. And then like, oh shit, Marvel's making money. Let's do that. Oh, why can't we do it? And then somebody, some executive kept convincing everybody else. is like, it's got to be dark and gritty. That's our thing. That's our modus operandi. And it kind of worked here and there. Then BVS happened. Then DCEU. Then it was just cash grab, cash grab, cash grab. And all of a sudden, the guy who directed The Hangover said, hey, <laughs> Uh, Martin Scorsese, Scorsese wanted to direct the Joker movie at this at one point, and that mm. kind of inspired him. Like, if Martin Scorsese was to direct a Joker movie, what would it look like? And he wrote this with a friend. There yeah. was two of them, and you would think to yourself, like, the guy who wrote The Hangover, talk about a guy who doesn't know how to end a movie. Where is he? Upstairs. Oh, giggles. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right, but then. We look back and we see somebody like uh, which one was it? Keo Peel. 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 Yeah. Peel is like Jordan I'm Peele. gonna do a horror. Oh, Jordan Peel. Yeah. I'm gonna do a serious horror. And it was like, huh, lol, good luck. And it was like, oh, it's it's fucking good. Yeah. We, Not just good. One of the best horror movies. Our of favorite movie of that yeah. year. Yep. Yeah. So Todd Phillips decided to be like, you know what? Because I think this is more along the lines of like nobody gave this movie a chance and nobody cared, which is also. Like I think might be uh, not exactly true because yeah you need to kind of convince Robert De Niro to ever come out of his house once in a while like and to perform. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. look, there's there are two De Niro's. You can either get De Niro who's just getting his paycheck, meet the fuckers, yeah, or you can get the De Niro who every now and then reminds you why he is Robert the fucking Nero, mm-hmm. which is. And as I would say this, right? Inspired casting, also probably stunt casting, because okay, we're gonna definitely mention this. This is gonna be a spoilerific review, though it just came out, and it's very hard to to not spoil this because very little actually happens in terms of plot development and twist. So I think maybe what we'll do is like for the first 10-15 minutes, we'll try and be spoiler free when we discuss yeah, it. We'll just summarize the film mm. and tell you our we'll, thoughts. We'll give our we we'll give our final uh, review and then we'll go spoiler. For the last part, that'll be very yeah, fair. Yeah, that works. So I would say maybe in terms of, like, how about you, Tom? You will, in terms of tone, in terms of aesthetics, in terms of anything, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, from a pure cinema standpoint, it's pretty gorgeous in a very ugly, awful kind of way. It's it's pretty ugly. It definitely <laughs> ca- <laughs> captures. It, it's a beautiful kind of ugly. If that it, makes it captures sense. the kind the of shots, like everything. early eighties. Uh, I would even go so far as seventies. It yeah. looks like a Scorsese film from the seventies, like Taxi Driver yeah, 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 and yeah. Mean Streets. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it's definitely like what what Martin Scorsese would have probably made back then if he had access to cameras of today. He probably did. <laughs> Almost definitely. <laughs> because the Irishman is happening too. Oh Remember yeah. Remember that. So like, coming out on Netflix. Yes. No, I'm kind Can't of wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, so uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, cinematography, gorgeous, beautiful, great set design. Yep. Uh, what definitely helps seal the mood of it is the music. I agree. By the, the music per- was fantastic. By, oh, by yes. the same woman who did uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, and the licensed music also added a like, lot. Oh my god, just absolutely gorgeous mood setting. Yep. And that's just, you know, setting the scene. And then when the players come in, performances yeah it's it's good to be reminded every now and then that Joaquin Phoenix truly is a gift to us yep in terms of acting 
And he one of the best actors of this decade. For I would say also sure. underrated. Like he yeah. hasn't gotten his props yet, which is like you know a travesty in he itself. He definitely deserves that to have gotten true. it. Yeah. Maybe before the Caprio, actually. I think around the same time. They've been yeah. working at it since yeah, yeah. then. Caprio and Joaquin Phoenix around the nineties. I think they started getting bigger and bigger mm. in a sense. Yeah. With the roles. I mean, I have no idea how old Joaquin Phoenix is. Uh. Slightly younger than Keanu, because uh, so River like Phoenix, 52? his brother, would be the same age as Keanu. So yeah. 52, 53. Probably younger. Like, yeah. what was his original name? Leaf, right? He was Leaf Phoenix, right? I think Leaf, yeah. 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 So uh, because I I remember him since the nineties, sir. Wow. He's been around, and he's been around. And the thing is that you have to understand that he's been living under the shadow of his brother for the longest time. I mean, what yeah. one hell of a shadow from a brother who's been dead for almost thirty years now to mm-hmm. still be under that shadow. Bloody yep. hell. But then again, I don't think it colors his performances. But at the same time, you can tell that this is a man. Like, the thing about Joaquin Phoenix is that he is the kind of guy who, who cannot work off his looks, but has nothing to do, nothing but to work on his talent. And, yeah. um, like, I wouldn't say he's hit and miss, but I would say he's a. He, he is a precise casting. You need you him need to pull to him be off. Exactly yeah. the right kind of role for him. He and can't just do. What? No, he can do anything, but you need to know what to do with him. Exactly. He's like a, he's a delicate yeah. instrument. Yes. In terms that you need to calibrate it perfectly, because otherwise it could still be good, but it doesn't quite fit correctly into what you're trying to achieve. I mean, like in terms of uh, like his other works, like him and Inherit Vice, hey. mind numbingly fun to watch, but also at the same time, this is kind of weird. Hey, it was great to yeah. watch when I turned on the subtitles finally. <laughs> Jesus Christ! What? A- <laughs> yeah, that's quite a crazy. Film, Talk about yeah. mumblecore. Even though you were never really there as well. I loved it. I loved that film. Stuff. Oh man, I I regretted missing out on it when it was coming out in the cinema here. Uh, also like like watching him subdued in something like her, mm. you know, and watching him really uh pull the what do you call it? a man on the brink of losing everything in like something like the master, yeah, in the hands of a great director like even. As hammy as he is in Ridley Scott's Gladiator, he was the best part of the film for me. Yeah, you know? for sure. And well, because you're acting as Russell Crowe, so, you know, too <laughs> difficult to achieve that. <laughs> wow. True that. He's fat now, he can't reach me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and he just comes punching through the wall. <laughs> he attacks Tom. So like like, like, like the Kool-Aid, me. man. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, what, it's like that soft part skit. I'm fighting around the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but, uh, but yeah, so Joaquin Phoenix is definitely the centerpiece of this entire film, and I would also say uh, his um, performance, li- literally, like everything hangs on him. He carried this film, definitely, and yeah. that's the strongest part. But also, I feel like maybe where some weaknesses do come in. In what sense? Uh, Want to save this for a spoiler? Or I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna save like ex- like exact details uh, for spoilers, but in terms of like. There's definitely like some element where because he was such a focus hmm. is that when you start thinking about stuff where he wasn't exactly on him, like maybe this could have been developed a bit more. Maybe this could have been explored a okay. bit more. Okay. And Stay this, tuned for that discussion, yeah, fans. <laughs> and honestly, this movie was unsettling and uh, at some point extremely difficult to watch. In all the right places. In yeah. all the right places. And yeah. I was really thinking this is a great movie until the last... 20 minutes of the movie okay. and then which we'll talk about later yeah, in the spoiler I'll, section like, there's like 10 minutes of the movie where I'm like I really do not like this uh, I'll, I'll explain in, in spoilers but I feel like that definitely soured the movie for me and I think it took a few days of me thinking about it and like digesting it to like get over it 
Okay. I think. But again, I'll say exactly what it is in a spoiler talk. Uh, how about you? Tough. I think there's a really, really good comic book adaptation. I mean, out of different like materials here and there, like from the stand-up bits of the Killing Joke to the stuff in the talk show, like in Dark Knight Returns and all that. But at the same time, it becomes its own beast. I have to say, like, I'm really trying my best to find faults in the film, but every little thing that happened that isn't explained well, as well as the incohesive narrative, I believe it's done because... At the same time, the Joker himself is a very unreliable narrator. Yeah. I mean, yep. you kind of need chaos to go with Batman's order. And apart from some nitpicks, which I'll spoil later on in our discussion, I'd say this is almost a perfect film, per se. I mean, okay. maybe I need to watch it again a couple of times just to see what I'm missing. But at the same time, okay, sure. Maybe it does crip a little bit or a lot from Taxi Driver. But <laughs> you know a what? That's bit. a really damn good film. So yep. I don't mind the cribbing from there, especially the setting, the tone. Even getting Robert De Niro down at one point, you know. So Having yeah, Travis you know. Bickle himself appear in it, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Let's not spoil yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And well, as for me, uh, in terms of what I thoroughly enjoyed was definitely um, the visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the use of symbology, the metaphors, uh, having uh, so many themes and like it was definitely a juggling act, pun intended. He's a clown, I get it. And seeing uh, the various facets of what could make this person so terrifying. And I also would say, uh, in terms of uh, encapsulating what it is to suffer from mental illness, I would say that this is actually pretty uh, a pretty strong depiction of a person like coming to terms with uh, you know, various realities and sanity. And I would say... Uh, I wouldn't say it's accurate by any stretch of the imagination, well, but I would say no. it is definitely something... When it comes to uh, looking at things through the eyes of a character like the Joker, and mm-hmm. if anything, uh, it's always either been a crazy mob boss to m- maniacal uh, overachiever to just or prankster basically prankster killer clown clown prince of crime uh, like even Heath Ledger's uh, interpretation where he was the anarchist yeah. the anarchist <laughs> who was uh, ironically very organized. <laughs> well, I mean, there's a good. There's a theory that he was a former soldier. Yeah, but which wouldn't work in the Batman universe. Nah. Uh, I mean, cute theory, but then again, who? Uh, I will say this: uh, when it comes to Joaquin Phoenix's performance, what I thoroughly loved was not just his uh, acting, not just his delivery, but the physicality he brings to it. Mm. Because, like, in scenes where he's running, he's like slipping and sliding. Which like visually like shows <laughs> like you that even when he's not wearing clown shoes, he runs like he's yeah. wearing them. Yeah, yes. and you think to yourself is like, yeah, this is a man who's off kilter, and even in like simple shots of him like uh, bending the shoes, which we all see in the trailer, where he arches his shoulders to the point where the blades actually protrude at such an <sighs> a strange, in a very obtuse angle. Way. The and, body yeah. transformation he went through, bloody hell, mm, lost a fuck ton of weight, yeah. and uh, yeah. like, even like scenes when he's just chilling in his underwear sitting on the couch but then you can see that the actor is forcibly getting his ribs to protrude in a way that is like seriously uncomfortable and looks painful to watch and it it, it really feels to me like he's a man who and this is what I love about what Hawking Phoenix does right not only is he trying to encapsulate everything that everybody loves about the Joker which is extremely difficult because mm. uh, you have to not only pay reference and pay homage to so many other versions but you got to make it your own. And he did something that I would say is truly his own. Where every time you see him, like even just dancing in his underwear, right? It's something about him. It's like I would uh, equate it to something like American Werewolf in London. 
where you can see how a man struggling with sanity slowly slips into his psychosis like either through dance or through just the way he speaks or through just giggling at a, at a club mm. and how he struggles with it and then not only that that, that physical representation and how he contorts his body or like even like in scenes where he's just hanging out with his mother or in scenes where he's just like talking to his co-workers and you, you look at this guy and he's always hunched over bent and fragile and especially towards the end when he finally blooms into yeah. you know uh, the nom de rigueur of the Joker and it's like you see his spine straighten up you see his change in posture you see literally it's like especially like, one of my favorite visual metaphors was the staircase yeah the representation of everything that the, the struggle of him just climbing up that staircase and you see that staircase like three or four times and the, the final time you see it it's, it's him like dancing down down yeah dancing down instead of like you know climbing slowly upwards with his back hunched and his face covered in rain and sadness and he's coming down like you know spiffy with a, a fancy new suit and the makeup and the green hair uh, fuck me, man. Uh, everything that Joaquin Phoenix does in this film, I would say this: like, if you're looking for a comic book Joker, this is not it. It is if it's a certain. It yeah. depends on which comic books you're talking about. Yes, mm. you know, like if you want to say uh, Serious House on Serious Earth, that version mm. of the Joker where he's like yeah, sticking yeah. pencils into nurses. Or if you're like gonna look at maybe uh like uh the Killing Joke with the stand-up comedy. Killing Joke is definitely I would say a byline, but uh more along the lines of uh like even something like Bat Metal. Well, oh yeah, like metal, you know, yes. or like the or Dark Knight, uh, Dark Metal, right? Was yeah, like or even the that that George Caputo. I'm not, I'm not too sure who, who was. Uh, Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder. The what's that? The, that 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 storyline. That fucking about run where he like he tears his own face off. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Scott Snyder. That's Scott um, Snyder. The death in the death of the family. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like um, because for a lot of people, uh, it stops at Heath Ledger because not a lot of them dive into the comics as much. Mm-hmm. And then, like, there are several other versions of the Joker that has yet to be explored. And the one that I felt that needed to be explored more was the one that had succumbed to the psychosis. Who kind of became he? He wasn't just like some uh, trickster, prankster, uh, criminal. No, no, no. This is a man who is the paradigm or like uh, the, the the mirror r- reality to what happens to Bruce Wayne where like based on one bad day or a series of unfortunate events right it led to either creating one of the greatest detectives of all time and a true a stalwart of justice or this guy which mm-hmm. I'm I have mixed feelings about because like whilst this movie does the good job of showing that he already was messed up from before, the beginning yeah but what I, it's like I don't know. I, just, I don't like the idea that, you know, we're one bad day away from being a joke because I'd like to think that exactly. So we're a little bit more... But <laughs> that's not the point of the movie. Yeah. So, like, as I was saying, it's like a weaker director or a weaker storyteller would have done that. Like, like he was a guy who was uh, definitely on the path towards salvation and normalcy and whatsoever. But he was never meant to be. And it's like, they you can point at all these things like, oh, we cut... Okay, not spoilers, but... There are moments where they explain in the film where like uh, because he, it starts off with him having a conversation with a therapist. Mm-hmm. They cut our funding. Uh, I can't give you your medicine anymore. And it's not that the the, the therapist is saying to uh, what's his name Fleck. Like you know he wasn't the Joker. Arthur yet. Fleck. Yeah. yeah. He's saying to Arthur is like he's she's not offering solace. She's not offering redemption. She's just literally saying I can't do my job anymore. Can't help you. Sorry. 
And like Arthur Fleck is like he's the one reaching out. He's the one like where do I get my medicine? Yeah. Who do I talk to? Because he at first it's like this is him uh in terms of the hero's journey, right? This is him not answering the call. Yeah. You know, it's like if you were to like uh flip it in terms of how do we create the ar- the, the, the arch villain. So he's like, definitely trying his best to Claw yeah. onto any semblance of sanity he still exactly. has. Exactly. And then, like, that would later be represented with, like, characters like Zazie Beats, his mother, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And then seeing how even those facets of normality and sanity later become other things, which will And quite we literally get wrestled away from him. Yes. But the, here's the thing he doesn't fight for it to stay with him, he releases them willingly. Yep. And that's what makes this Joker truly terrifying. It It's mm-hmm. like, even if we helped him, like, even if we provided all of this, right, that is still there. Like, one of the best parts about this entire movie, and I think it's, uh, it encapsulates definitely the, th- the thematic uh, elements of the, of the script, was uh, when he was writing in his, uh, what do you call it? His diary. Yeah, his joke book or whatever. And, like, between all the jokes was this amazing line. Like, the problem with mental illness is that other people expect you to behave like you don't. And, that is exactly how it feels. You don't... It's like everybody's telling you that, hey, uh, yeah, I know like you may have problems in the brain, but why can't you just act normal? And it's like, what if I can't help myself? Like the constant giggling, the smile, his awkward pauses, just him, like that is him clawing for sanity and the release. And also towards like... I get like the metaphor can be a little bit on the nose like mm. especially like w- with the visuals uh, I mean there is a scene later in the movie where he's literally birthed as the Joker as he's being pulled out of the taxi cab yeah and I, it was like and then you know it's like to, to rocker's applause but also at the same time then the, the beauty about a character like the Joker is like so did that happen no we don't know yeah, I mean he literally hit his head before it's that scene so true that yeah. but also at the same time there's a moment where he stares down... Okay, this is the, the my major nitpick. Mm-hmm. Where he stares down Crime Alley and he sees what happens to... Uh, special guest cameo yeah, by uh, Bruce Wayne. Okay, hey, look. <laughs> this is not a spoiler. We all know how Batman gets his fucking start. Like, yeah. It's not a spoiler to say... The thing that we've seen in every single Batman movie happens. Yeah. Which, even the fucking pearls. I mean, and that's my... my oh, the, the pearls was... That's a Frank Miller creation. Which yeah. is now the motif for every time you see poor Martha go... But but also at the same time, uh, when that's the point, I felt like that felt kind of shoehorned in because maybe it was definitely shoehorned in because it was meant to be like, oh wait, yeah, this is technically a Batman story somewhere, and yeah. I didn't like the fact that I guess that sounds like a mandate. Yeah, to actually put that. I mean, like, and I was wrestling with that for the longest time. It's like how did, uh, that happened on the same day? Not really, but also at the same time, it also felt to me like. Yeah, I, I kind of get like there's there are points in this film where it felt like we need to remind like the people out there like oh be- before you all start losing your marvels over this uh, really fun Joker film, it's also like yeah it's part of the Batman universe he's right there yeah and it's like like the first time we meet Bruce, it was a perfect use of uh you know the mirror universe yeah you know like standing on either side of uh what it is that is sanity and the thing is like yeah we're like the best treatments of every Batman in, in film or in books is like 
he's also kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, you everyone know. has to make it very clear that he's not right in their head. Mm. You're not meant to want to be Batman. And what makes them two like you know perfectly match is like you know one controls it where one allows it to be set free. And the thing is, like they're both dealing with their own version of psychosis, their mm-hmm. own version of torment and stress and just mental anguish, and also daddy issues, which yes. I kind of <laughs> didn't appreciate. But then it kind of when they revealed that thing, like. Oh, that was clever. And again, it's open <laughs> it interpretation. Was, was. But speaking of daddy issues, I like the treatment of Thomas Wayne in this movie. Yeah. Because the only other time we've had him for any length of time in the cinema verse was Thomas Wayne in Batman Begins. Or where, in 18... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he was like... Like, we got him for like all of a couple of minutes in... Uh, mm-hmm. like, I mean, he's meant to be a catalyst, but also... Yeah. But in that one, he's meant to be like a paragon of virtue, kind of like, you know... Like he's trying his best. To and like I also love like how they portrayed him like through the lens of the other side, what he looks yeah. like to them. Yeah, where he's like distinctly like almost Trumpian in a way. Well, I wouldn't say that. I would say more along the lines of like if you were a creepy guy and you were like harassing somebody's son and you would try to speak to him in a in a public bathroom, he would be more like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? Stay away yeah, from yeah. my family." That's how regular people. That's would how react, regular people basically. act. And like, yeah, but not just that. But like the way he talks, uh, like you know, in interviews, like the very like condescending way he talks about, "Oh, I need to help the poor people," kind of true. Thing. I mean, he, they did kind of push him to be more aloof and more like less of a man of the people so because more realistic as a billionaire. Not true, though, because it, like you want to say more realistic as a billionaire, we could be like, okay, why not? He's like Bill Gates, like super. All about uh, philanthropy and stuff. Or super Jeff Bezos, like just sending his dick. Or super Elon Musk is like, I am in charge of Wayne Industries. We've already sent people to space. But it's like, the the thing about the Thomas Wayne character, uh, like, it was, it felt to me where we needed to have a connection to Thomas Wayne somehow through the mother character. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say it's lazy, but I would say uh, it's an interesting idea. It's not pulled off fantastic, but it no. works. It works within yeah. the narrative of this film, and also like uh, having Thomas Wayne behave that way. Like I wouldn't say he was standoffish. I wouldn't say he was an asshole. But I would say that this is a man in power doing his best to help a city that is definitely on the brink of an explosion. Well, I mean, and helping in a way which is still. But like he portrays yeah. the frustration of like I would say I would not compare him to. Like he's definitely not Trump. He's more like Rudy Giuliani. Is like well, that's not a, along those not lines. I'm talking lines. 9/11 Giuliani. Okay, he's like he's the guy. Like even before that, when he's the man who cleaned up New York City, like he mm-hmm. removed all uh, the X-ray uh, the X-rated theaters and the prostitutes, and he's like now now it's tourist friendly. And it's like if that's and the thing is like I can compare him to a lot of local politicians where it does seem that this man has a vision for the city, but nothing is falling into line and there's a level of frustration and like terseness in his voice which kind of makes sense but then again he's also a billionaire so I can see how like maybe in your point of view you look at him like oh it's definitely an analog for Trump but also at the same time I mean, I, not a perfect analog for Trump but just like a sense of aloofness like disconnects yeah, like to reality to, but, but yeah. which also like you, you have to say like in, in terms of the narrative in terms yeah. of like how he uh uh Inf- like inflicts himself on uh, Arthur Fleck or like you know the Hawking Phoenix character is like if he was gracious none of this might have not happened and it would have been harder to write around true you know what I mean yeah. like if you made him like if he's like this like, hey oh uh, you're like uh, what's her name Penny's mother yeah and he's like oh yeah let me help you and they're like alright then the movie ends right there 
Yeah, that would you, be a less you interesting need, movie. Yeah. yeah, then it's like, so it's like, and like what I was saying is like, it had to be Thomas Wayne because then you needed that connection because you needed a reason for yeah, him to I mean, visit Bruce. It's clunky yeah. and it kind of feels a bit mm. convenient and also like both weirdly connected and disconnected. I wouldn't say but, clunky and convenient, but I'll, I'll also say like, I mean, what I was trying to say earlier was like, it felt like this made sense. Did they pull it off? I'm still not sure. It might also just be because, remember, we're being told the story through the Joker, who is Ingo, yeah. insane. Again, unreliable near narrator. Yeah, so you could interpret it as just like, oh, he's trying to formulate some kind of way to connect all these loose dots. I and mean, it might not be what I mean, like, is. I would also compare, like, a lot of people will compare this definitely to films like Taxi Driver yeah. and, like, obviously King of Comedy. But I also would like to compare this to, like, a brilliant little film called Twelve Monkeys. <laughs> like... Imagine all those scenes of Bruce Willis time traveling and he's not sure what's reality, what's dream, or what's kind of going on. He's not even sure what time is it, what year is it right now. And it's like, that's why I love Joaquin Phoenix's performance. It's, um, there are scenes where it it feels like it's jarring. This doesn't make sense. Like, didn't he do this just now, do that just now? And then, I mean, also props to the editor for splicing this madness together. Mm. But like, just that beautiful, like those little transitions and segues where you realize, especially one of the so-called twists is like, oh, none of that happened. Yeah. You know, like, okay, I see where you're going with that. And I mean, especially it's, it's like for a character like Joker, like the Batman has been pulled off perfectly twice, I would say. Definitely yeah. in Dark Knight, definitely in Batman 89. Like, there's one version that works, there's another version that works, and there's several others that leave little to be desired. And then it's like, okay, this is Joker's first standalone movie. Think about it. And, like, imagine the pressure on somebody like Todd Phillips. DC fanboys, Batman stands, are pretty rough. They are <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Some of the laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah, and, and the thing is, right, I don't consider myself a Batman stan, but I'm definitely a fanboy and I am in love with everything Batman and like uh, his, his rogues gallery or whatever. So it's like, I was definitely there in the cinema, arms crossed, ready to hate. Yeah. Like, I came in unfortunately biased and thinking, like everybody's telling me this is the greatest movie ever and like so my natural reaction You're coming is, in with a yeah, big you'd be like, yeah, we, that I'm remains ready to hate, you know? And the thing is like, not only this this movie convinced me otherwise, but I immediately fell in love with it because, oh my God, I can't recognize checklists. I can't recognize tropes. I can't recognize anything. I do see the, the parallels with the, the Scorsese flicks. Yes, yeah. And like in terms of like being original, am I going to fault it? Yes. It's definitely not what I call original. Yeah. But it's a good... Definitely not. <laughs> no. It's definitely uh, someone's... Like, a scrapbook of other movies. Yeah. But still told... Todd Phillips' in first a taxi driver. I mean, like, the thing is, right? And then we, we, we'll lay praise on to guys like Tarantino from borrowing heavily without, uh, you know, uh, any apologies. Like, yeah, this is literally stolen from this and this and this. I, w- I would say this, right? Like, the, the Joker to me is like an amazing hip-hop song you recognize the sample but it works in this context i think that's yeah. a good way of you know uh, what i mean it's like it, even yeah. though it's like oh it's not an original thing you didn't write that like that the, the hook or that sample but like yeah but i interpreted it and also nothing's original there are like seven original yeah. stories you at least did something mandy fresh was fucking original <laughs> Great, yeah. there's nothing yeah. quite like it <laughs> it's still your it's still a revenge story true but i mean the thing is you can't 
point to the genre. You do have to point to definitely not. You have to the elements. You have to just like yeah, yeah. Like we can only if you say if you point to the genre, it's like we can only have one kung fu movie ever because anything else is a rip off. No, you can't point to the genre. No, I mean like there's nothing wrong with like borrowing from other people. Sure, it's like imagine a world where like oh you you can't rip off Die Hard, so John Wick doesn't exist. (laughs) How sad would we be? But I mean uh. I don't, know, I don't want to go on too much about it. Like, there's so much to love about this, and there are definitely problems that I will definitely go into more detail with the spoiler. But is there anything you guys really want to add on top of this? I think uh, I think we've said what we need to say. Like, yeah, the rest we, we can, can we spoilers. need to talk about in spoilers. So before we talk about spoilers, final rating for me, I'm gonna give this a seven out of ten. This is definitely eight and a half. Though. Close to nine. This is this is like a nine to me, yeah. basically. Okay. Really good stuff. This is yeah. definitely in the, in the realms of probably best films of the year, mm-hmm. well, which is not saying much because like we, this has been a fairly hey, lackluster year. Wait say. for the Oscar Beatty stuff to come out soon. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's like uh, yeah Decemberish. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so, if you don't want to hear the spoilers, uh, stop uh, podcast now. Go watch it. Come back. Yeah. So you've been warned. <laughs> shall we do a countdown? No. Like we've to go on. Right. Go, fuck off, now. You done? And we're back. There we go. <laughs> and we're back, yeah. So, so Tom, maybe you want to start yeah, first you go about okay. the last 20 minutes of the film. Yes, so uh, for me, I feel like this movie would have been almost a perfect, well, not perfect, but it would have been significantly better, in my opinion, if the movie had ended when the curtains opened for the uh, Saturday Night Live or whatever, like, talk show thing. It's the Jay Leno show, yeah. It's a talk show. The Jay Leno show, yes. When the curtains opened and then him, like, you know... Uh, Voguing, I guess. He enters the, the limelight, and you end yeah. it there. I would. That's how I would have ended it, or at least cut that, and then cut back to when he's uh, in that interview with the therapist. Mm, but then, because the yeah. thing is, what I don't like about that whole interview was that it felt cheap. Why if, would you say that? Because everything that the Joker says just feels like a poorly written 4chan manifesto. Oh, I totally disagree. Is it really? I mean, that's more of like how he addresses what's going on. Like he was actually picked by Murray because Murray wanted yeah. to make I fun know, of and, him, definitely. And that's and fine. And there, like that—that's you know? a fair enough uh, confrontation to have. But it's just that—is it like the choice of words or is it the delivery? It's the delivery is fine. It's just that I feel like it felt less like this is what you know Arthur Fleck wants to say to you. It's more like uh, Todd Phillips is hijacking. To have yeah, like that, I kind of see. Also. It, it felt like a Kanye at the VMAs. Uh, yeah, Kanye at the VMAs. He needed to rent something. Like, in I'm gonna let you finish, yeah. but blah 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 blah. You did like Hangover Three, therefore fuck you. It's like, mm. <laughs> I mean, but I wouldn't compare it to like a four channel. I mean, it, it was actually pretty well written and well delivered. Mm. I think it's because that's done in a way because it needs to mirror the earlier scene where Joaquin Phoenix was picked by Murray in his dream sequence. In his I mean, mm. the, the, yeah, I, I, I can see why people. It's just like I personally really hated the way that was written and then the way it kind of transferred into like the big riot outside it's just it felt like it was trying to be a different movie yeah yeah uh i I wanted to really talk on that too because like to me (laughs) that is one my major nitpick besides shoehorning in that scene in crime alley (laughs) yeah was also the no, no, like having him spark the riot because, like, it felt to me like maybe Todd Phillips wanted. Like, there is that semblance of uh, the Occupy Wall Street movement where, like, there, all there, these guys. There is, but I just, I don't like the parallels that he's trying to draw by saying that. Like, because the mm. Occupy Wall Street was because 
something legitimately fucked up happened and finally people had enough. This is people hijacking a man's mental illness. And it's, I feel like it's I mean, so, intellectually dishonest to say they are one and the same. This is why I'm going to disagree. Because the thing is, I don't think they're parallel. I think it is unfortunately just, um, I would say, through a series like, of unfortunate events... Yeah, As, because I I, I get what you're saying because it felt like that the the riots was sparked off by that incident on the TV show, mm-hmm. whereas it's like it has been it was, I wouldn't say it, it's not well uh, telegraphed. No, that's not even what they use. I mean, like there are moments even early in the film where they were even talk about street rats and, and big uh, cats, right? Yeah, and look, I mean, I'm perfectly fine with having two parallel plots and then they have to converge somehow. Mm. And I if they wanted to make it like a subtle thing, like it was happening anyway but he happens to just coincide. Yeah. That's fine. But either they didn't tie it together well enough or it was too subtle. Oh, no, no. It's like what I was like... So this is what I was trying to say. It's like it is... I can see probably when you looked at it, it felt to you like, okay, so because of the actions of this one man, everybody gets inspired and anarchy reigns. Yeah. Whereas to me, it felt more along the lines of anarchy is reigning no matter what you do. Yeah. What this that, that pot was going to burst. Yeah. Regardless. That that was yeah. going to happen regardless. The yeah. riot was going to happen no matter what. Uh, and then when uh, okay, so uh, this is the spoiler uh, that Robert De Niro character who is definitely an analog to the likes of Johnny Carson and Jay Leno. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he uh, becomes one of the other father figures to the young Arthur Fleck because your TV dad. But yeah, but that's only the TV in dad. His head, yeah. Say. But it's like um, so. Joker, one of his ambitions was to appear on the show. And he does finally get it, but not through the way he wanted to. No, to be like something yeah. to mock. Yeah. So yeah, he, he, he literally came on as like one of David Letterman's stupid pet tricks. Look at this weird guy, right? No? And um, definitely, like, this is what I wanted to say. So when that moment happens and he finally shoots him instead of himself, mm-hmm. and it. I wouldn't say it's a point of convergence, but because this happened and this happened, and I wouldn't even say parallel, I would just say, um, what was the word be like? When you cross something from every angle. It's like, because you start so many plot threads, and then mm. you need to, okay, uh, I mean, there's a negative connotation, but you had to tie things up. Yeah. Tie things up. Wrap it up. Yeah, you, Like, we had to end it at this point, and... I would say in terms of visuals because you needed that moment of the rebirth of the Arthur Fleck character and you needed to see like that baptism of fire of him surrounded by the chaos like that's like you had to align the sequences in the film in order for that to get to that point not only the point but for the visuals to make sense like mm-hmm. like because the thing is right, yeah. if the rise didn't happen he just walks out you don't get that shot of him with arms in the air city on fire uh, Thomas Wayne is dead. The, the cops are like, you know, it's like that was definitely what they wrote first. And they and were trying to figure out how do we get there within the time frame yeah, we and, have. I mean, okay, fine. I think I might have, because uh, I personally have issues with that scene as well, because it's like when you do character like the Joker, you cannot, 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 and I cannot stress this enough, yeah. glorify him in any way. It's just. I disagree again. Well, I mean, it's just. But he's, well, a, he's a, a villain. A villain he's, in the rise. He has, we kind of. I wouldn't even say glorified, really. but I would say it's like you gotta see how his point of view could possibly make sense. And no, that—that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying like yeah. that's fine. I'm just saying that the way that he's being adulated by a crowd, I personally feel is you. If you want to have that scene, you have to be very careful with how you present that. 
I disagree again. It's, it's like you really, you don't no. have to be delicate about it because the thing is like I mean as subjective as I mean we talk about a comic book character who is about the comic book villain, yeah, a villain, villain especially who is known for being kind of fucked up and we love yeah. him for it. So, uh, like one of the problems with the Joker movie, I also kind of feel is like it didn't quite nail humanizing him, which like I would say I'd- is no mean feat. Is not easy yeah. to do because. Like we have always been given a version of the Joker that is impossible to read, and to yeah, make him yeah. kind of sympathetic is like I mean that's why we get Todd, Todd Phillips and Joaquin ton of props because because it's really tough to do. Not only honestly. that, at some moments you kind of pull it off, guys. And then there are uh, the comedy the comedy club scene, especially I, when he was really trying to tell his joke. No, that was also no, just awful. him bathing his mother and being delicate about it. Yeah, that too. And then like just like that one brilliant moment where he's like when he tells uh mm. the little person. You are always good to me. You, you can go. And it's like, <coughs> it's like like that off kilter. Like the thing is like, when you see the Joker, is like, like he doesn't need a reason to kill you. Yes. He doesn't need a reason to do anything. And like even if you wanna say it kind of glorifies him, I do understand what you're talking about. Where it's like, the way that they visually portray, it as in like, there is adulation in his acts. I mean, it's not just. It's also yeah. like he's kind of like propped up, almost like in you know, say with me, the the Jesus figure. True. And I think that if you want to have that scene, okay, fine. But then, so I feel like it would have been more interesting, more powerful if then, like, we had a flash of like, this is actually not what's happening. This is what he thinks. Which they did. Which they, which which they did. Kind of happened. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the movie, it's like literally, he's in the mental asylum. How did you get from here to here? Okay. And may- then there's like several I- moments in the film where it's like. Maybe that didn't happen either. Because, okay, this maybe is where I, maybe I... Maybe I missed something. This is where I can... Uh, I, this is the evidence that that happened in his head. He saw Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne run past him. In no continuity does that ever exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that that whole... Yeah, also, scene. yeah, why would they be in that horrible-ass fucking theater watching... Uh, during the riots, doing whatever. Watching Zoro the Gay Blade. And it is like... <laughs> yes, that was love that title. Gay <laughs> yeah, means title. happy, yeah. sir. I know it does. <laughs> okay, and also clown food apparently in another movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's like... But like that, that's the thing. It's like, that never happened. Because Batman is born right there. I suppose... And I mean, I'm not saying that it's offending me. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. it's yeah, just okay. that when you're making something like that it's if i can miss that and i'm you know yeah i've kind of like trained myself to watch movies a bit more closely like yeah. your average punter is going to miss that yeah and, and we deal with it all the time i know <laughs> i know we deal with that all the time it's just i don't know it's it's very hard to uh, say in a way which makes absolute sense it's just that yeah. I don't know. Just I feel like you have to be careful when it comes to portraying villains. And and I thoroughly enough, disagree that no. When it comes to portraying villains, make it as fucked up as possible because but, yeah, so we need the believability. No, in the of course, it's fucked yes. up. But no, I'm not. I'm not saying you need to like build tenors. I absolutely, yeah. you know, you should show that they're fucked yeah. in the head. I'm just saying that like how you present them being fucked in the head is that you need to have a clear distinction to be like this is them. So, I mean, sympathetic. That, this is them as the monster. You need to clearly show like where the Rubicon no, is crossed no and I'm disagreeing again it's like no we don't need to show where the Rubicon is crossed like we can glorify them we can be sympathetic we can utterly loathe them that's what makes them 
interesting memorable characters. Memorable villains, in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the way that it affects you differently than the way it affects me. Mm. It, like, to me, it's like, like, I'm not going to dance around the fact like, oh, we can't glorify or make it seem like this is a path in life that may uh, give you some sort of validation, for example. Yeah. I would say more along the lines of like, yeah, yeah, but that is, you know, anybody's interpretation. Like, Helter Skelter. Like, fucking Charles Manson listen to Helter Skelter kills people. And it's like, oh, we, now we can't glory, we can't have this. It's like, I know, yeah, you can't control how people interpret yeah, any kind of... Uh, exactly. Cinema. So, yeah. like, for what I'm saying is this, right? Why I disagree with you is like, artists should be allowed to portray their creations in what makes sense to them creatively, narratively. And if we are gonna start being like, yeah, we gotta be delicate because certain members of the audience might react certain ways. It's like, That's what the fuck are you doing? Now, I'm, I'm, not, exactly. I'm not calling for censorship. I'm just... No, but you can't. That's yeah, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. And look, I'm not I'm not saying that uh, we, we need to start uh, censoring art in that regard. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just... I feel like maybe because it wasn't done well enough. I you think feel it wasn't done well enough. Yeah, I feel like it's just like... It just... It didn't feel like enough to where... We're in on the joke. If that makes sense. Which... I mean, but then again, I, like, I can also point to other parts where it's like, yeah, but isn't that the point? I, yeah. And then there was that closing line at the end. Like, yeah, it, I had, there's a joke. It's making me laugh. Why? You won't get it because, like, it's, I mean, it, it, now it feels like it's just a matter of perspectives because it's yeah. like, it's, it, it depends on, which is what this film does brilliantly. It's about perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who yeah. do you believe? And what is real and what is good and what is pure and what is evil? Like, they, yeah. they try to, like, I mean, one of the best uh, examples of perspectives is like those three assholes on the train. Some people might say they deserved it. Other people will be like, these three guys were just having a good time. I, sure, they were bothering. Well, yeah, no, those guys absolutely fucking deserve to be exactly. shot in the face. And then like yeah. somebody can be like, no, 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 then you're a monster for agreeing to the actions of this man. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like, you definitely take some sort of uh, enjoyment for seeing these assholes. That is like, but I mean, okay, notwithstanding, it's, it, it's also a matter of fact, it's like, Whatever Joker wanted to say, the brilliance of it is that it can be interpreted so many different ways. I mean, and it's not intentionally ambiguous. It's like, here's an idea. How do you feel about it? And mm -hmm. some guys feel this way. Some guys feel that way. And when it comes to a character like Joker, you know, it's like, it's like, that's exactly how you should feel. You can't have a unified opinion on him. No, I'm, that, that is, that is fair. And I am not, yeah, I... I think maybe I'm not uh, able to like fully like uh, like say why it makes me feel uncomfortable. But what was the moment exactly? It was it was like that moment when like there's like the cheering audience and okay yes, it's it's meant to not be real. Yeah. Um, fine. Whatever. I don't know. I think maybe it's just because like if this wasn't a movie about the Joker, yeah. I would not have this criticism. It was just like an house movie about someone. But why would you say that? Why? Why would it not being the Joker make a difference? <laughs> like this would work with any character. Like if you remove the Joker entirely, it's like a, a story about a man losing to insanity. It's like, yeah, it yeah. still works. I guess maybe it's just because I don't trust audiences well enough. I think that's that's, that's not our problem. problem. I know it's not. I know it's not a problem. And <laughs> why do we need to care about? Oh, if somebody misreads or misinterprets this, and then what? 
I'm gonna say there's actually a lot of news happening right now concerning. Oh fuck Apparently those assholes! People thought okay, people, yeah, yeah. Look, then, like, then you're telling me violent video games cause mass shootings. I know, and that's don't that, be that guy. That's why. That's why I'm. <laughs> that's why I'm being trying to be careful about it. It's. There's a lot of news about this film being violent for some reason. Which I think I is total why. garbage well, because no, no, the way none why. of that yeah. actually like the way they, they criticize it, it has nothing it's to do with what the movie is about. Well yeah, no, like yeah, yeah, and like the way really CNN weird. has been like trying to instigate some Fuck kind of mass CNN. shooting based on it, like daily, like yeah. I doubt it's this one. And even if it does <laughs> and people make correlations, alright. Clockwork Orange inspired violence. Alright, let's go back yeah. again. Taxi driver inspired violence. Oh let's go back again. Fucking so many things that weren't designed to inspire violence inspired violence. If we are gonna tell artists and creators and directors and filmmakers and storytellers, hey, when you tell the story, don't tell it the way you do. You might cause some effect on the audience. Yeah, isn't that the point? No. Yeah, look, that is the look, point. You're right. Yeah. I'm. I'm not uh, like trying to like you know say like what's the right or wrong way. I'm just saying maybe it's just personally I felt like it wasn't done well enough. Like, and I mean, maybe that's why I'm having this reaction. Hmm. I think it's just a case of like. Maybe, but why would you say that that? Uh, because like I think maybe it's a frustration because everything else in the movie is done better, and that scene stands out to me because it feels like the one which was done the least well, and so it's hmm. like it's glaring in my head. I don't. I can't. I think I think we can disagree. Uh, agree yeah. or disagree for yeah. now because I think this is a film that definitely. Deserves a bit of a rewatching. Maybe, maybe it's on Blu-ray or whatnot. <laughs> maybe watch it again. With the so. extended scenes, sure. Maybe, but but, no, but 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 I do want to say that um, yeah, we didn't mention Francis Conroy's pretty good act. Yeah, uh, act. That's a lovely segue character. there, sir. Nice Fantastic, one. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Props to the lady who played Joker's mother. Yeah. There you go. No, another brilliant performance. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, where did you want to go with that? Oh, nowhere actually. Oh, you just wanted to get out of this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) That's a punchline right there. (laughs) And on that note. (laughs) Hey, look, you know, I'm I'm a big boy. I'm I'm perfectly willing to let that maybe I'm not coming from the right place. Maybe I need to watch it again. It's just, you know, this is just how I felt after I came out of the movie. And that confuses me because you're the guy who is like, like yeah, video games don't cause violence. Yeah, mu- heavy metal music doesn't cause people to turn to Satanists. I, Why did you say that about this one? I'm not. I'm not saying there's a correlation. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no. But the way you say it is like, oh, there's certain members of the audience who might be affected by it. It's like, who the fuck cares? It's like people will do what people do. Assholes exist. I don't. <laughs> Which is also the point of the film. Is like some people are just crazy and they'll do things, and we need scapegoats. Boom. Like, alright. And the thing is, Joker came out at the perfect time. Like, imagine if this movie launched during a school shooting. And then... Oh dear. That, the that, bullshit that, that is like, oh my god, I can't enjoy this movie because people on Twitter are yelling at me. Don't support this movie. It's about an incel who, who wants to be a terrorist. It's like, nope, it's not. <laughs> it's got nothing to do it's with it. It's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, oh, you obviously didn't see the movie. So, fuck you. You know? But also at the same time... um, I mean, I get where you're coming from. There's like you do understand why I disagree. No, with I you. do understand why you disagree. And like, I here's the like the weird like Joker-esque thing about it. Like, I do actually agree with you. Yeah. I think maybe mm. because like I'm trying to like. Why so- do you want to protect society? Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I oh think wait, like to watch the is this an SJW or... thing? No. Oh, God. Some people I, want to watch the world. I, I was so I'm so happy you're you're out of that phase. 
No, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying like this is. Oh not, no! <laughs> this is not where it's coming from. It's just. It's nice to have a counterpoint. Like I, I think maybe it, right? I just I want maybe I want to like to have like this mm. like this discussion because I want someone to like you know like because I do agree with you like all the like in that regard. It's just that I belongs to the artist. Yeah, and it's just that I think maybe because this is the first time where I watch something. And, and you felt kind of scared, like well, this could inspire something. Yes, maybe it's the first time. Like I generally feel like, oh no, maybe someone could get the wrong idea. Bro, from it. welcome to my life, sitting through cinema, where it's like, yep, I've seen a lot of things that not only could inspire, did. Yeah, quite a lot. Of films, quite a lot yes, of films from, from past have decade. inspired certain things. Bro, when Fight Club came out, like in 1999. Oh yeah, that definitely. How many Fight Clubs opened in Singapore? I don't know. <laughs> People could. I only know about the points. one that I was in. <laughs> oh no. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I'm, I'm just saying this is right. Like, people will watch something like The Wolf of Wall Street and say that it's an amazing movie about drugs. No, it's not. You yeah. know what I mean? People can watch something <laughs> like Platoon. It's like an epic action movie. No, it's not. No. It's- well, yeah, you no. know. Oh, look, look, I saw the last Roma movie. I know people could completely misconstrue what the fuck the point of a movie is. That movie had no point, actually. Exactly, no. It's based <laughs> off like people misinterpreting what the first Rambo was about. No, this is people misinterpreting Sly Sly Stallone's career. <laughs> Let's <laughs> just be honest about that it. Too, yeah. <laughs> oh, Sylvester, you have an Oscar, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> no, wow, but, that thing must be gathering dust, huh? Right, but it's like it's right next to his Rocky memorabilia, <laughs> and probably his restaurant. Even has one in the first place. He probably has Planet one. Planet Hollywood closed so many years ago. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's not even a thing anymore. Talk about reaching from the past. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right with his buddies Arnold Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis, huh? Remember when he was married to Demi Moore back in the 80s? Wow. <laughs> nice reach, though, by the way. Uh, yes. Uh, but anyway, man, that was a fun exercise. Yes, it was. <laughs> Can I talk about the things I don't like? <laughs> yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, we got time. Wait, wait. This is an hour and a half. Last King fans, we apologize. I'm not going to split this in half. Fuck it. I'm going to cut out the it section. We'll just have this. Yeah, in. sure, fine. Fuck it. Fuck All it. the references will make We'll no have sense. to record another intro. <laughs> okay, uh, nitpicks. Uh, problems with the film. Okay. Nearly next to nothing. Wow. I can't find anything wrong with it, but... Uh, aside from shoehorning Bruce Wayne, aside from some performances, aside from, and this is a pure nitpick, seeing Mark Moran out of nowhere is like, oh god, I just it just <laughs> broke immersion for me. Fuck you, Mark Moran. Yeah, it's, you lovable mustache. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, like giving huh? sound advice to Robert De Niro. Yeah, probably if like, does not follow. Did someone just switching glow? <laughs> no, uh, you, you know what I mean. It? It's like. I'm so uh, he's he's got that Not the fair. kind of face where like he should have just shaved the mustache, but he couldn't. He probably contractually needed to keep it for the, the fourth or fifth season to be hired. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, like, look, Mark Moran, if you want to be in a comic book movie, you gotta be in the Stanley autobiography. That <laughs> you were born for that. You have the chops <laughs> and the mustache. That better fucking happen. And he literally has almost the same voice. You, know, you can imagine Mark Moran saying, "Hey, true believers." Yeah, and that he's got the voice. Yes, and the that okay. Voice. Oh, sorry, I don't want to tangent off too much. When it comes to the Joker movie, length could have been longer. There's a lot of things that felt a yeah, bit abrupt. Yeah, actually, you're right. It and the thing is, this is a two and a half hours almost. Right? It's two and a half hours. Yeah, I didn't feel it. In fact, I was craving no, it's, more. It's just a, a nice uh, need two hours. Is it? Yeah. No, oh. two hours and three minutes. Oh, two hours. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Two hours ish. So yeah, it could have 
definitely had another... And it went by so fast for me. It did go by very, very quickly. And the, like that's the brilliance of this because like the I mean as lush as this f- film is, like every picture of a painting, every frame of painting, literally, is like uh it's it felt like it it was a juggling act. It mm-hmm. tried to do several things. Uh, I mean, before the show, you and I had this conversation where you felt like the Zazie Beats was underutilized. Yeah, I feel like that storyline should have started earlier and gone on for a bit longer. Whereas I felt like it kind of made sense in terms of the like the economy of the timeline. Yeah. Like at mm-hmm. this point in time, because I didn't need that to be a catalyst either. True. And I, mean- I, I, I wanted it to represent that his, his middle phase of him... Like uh, letting go of reality, like that scene of him appearing in her house. Yes, I know it kind of reminds you of Fight Club, and I didn't like the cutaways. Mm. So that was one thing I would have done. I wouldn't. I didn't want her to be like, "Who are you? You're the guy from downstairs." And then they cut away to scenes where she is re- removed from the scene. Yeah, it, it felt, right, right. It, yeah, that, that felt, felt like too much like, handholding. Yeah, that felt like studio going. Someone might not get this, so include this scene. Yeah, but it, was, like, it could also be Todd Phillips, like, "Hey, just in case." So, Maybe, but I mean, like yeah. first-time director, I'm not gonna fault him for it because he did an amazing job. Uh, but Considering like, like the last movie he did was Hangover Three, yeah, really good job, <laughs> dude. You have no idea where hidden potential is. But then True. again, he could be oh, yeah, like, like uh, uh, Craig Mazin, like came out of nowhere to do Chernobyl after Scary Movie Four. Yeah. Oh yeah, right, right. Wow. What the fuck kind of like? Or that Farrelly brother who won a fucking Oscar for Green Book, which he didn't deserve. Right, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then again, yeah, very well done, sir. Okay, oh, comedians can do drama. Yeah, you would be surprised. Like comedians are the most damaged people on the earth. Let's just look back at history. Mm-hmm. But that notwithstanding, um, I mean, there are nitpicks, but I can forgive them. Well, like with any like movie, you have to look at the finished product and say like. Overall, did you enjoy yourself? Then yes. Then you have to excuse the nitpicks. Yeah, like yeah. you can't say yesterday. Yesterday that makes sense, but there's no such I thing. No, a- don't use yesterday because I, I, I also finally watched it. Yeah, it was no. I, I I was just sitting in there. Oh, I was going to use yesterday. Yesterday is not a good movie. Not only that is like this isn't well. This isn't explained at all. Fuck you. <laughs> it's like yeah, like the like the uh, implications of that alternate reality are just so fucking wild I mean I'm not even being nerdy about it but like no this movie doesn't work or make sense now it's like you can't just extract something and expect the rest of the timeline to make sense like no butterfly yeah. effect and all that shit like, butterf- like Beatles alone like why the fuck aren't cigarettes no longer a thing yeah explain it yeah <laughs> okay okay but um, I don't know um I mean, if there's anything else I really need to talk about, it's... Okay, props to the cinematographer, props to the colorist, props to the sound designer, props to... Def- and the soundtrack choice, of course, like we mentioned. Okay, the licensed music, the score! Yes. Uh, Joaquin fucking Phoenix, you know. And like, I mean, there is Oscar buzz, apparently, but I doubt so. I don't think... Like, they tried to pull off the genre flick. I mean, only Shape of Water recently. Then Black yeah. Panther got nominated. Yeah. And I think with the kind of traction and the kind of uh, headlines this movie is kind of generating... Because uh, considering the, uh, the Academy is such a fucking spineless uh, entity... I mean, they're spineless enough to like, you know, we need to succumb to the popular vote. Yeah, put Black Panther in. Is it going to win? Nope. But people are going to watch because yeah. we're all about them advertising dollars. So mm-hmm. like... Uh, but then again, uh, there's also moments where it's like... Fuck yeah, Moonlight. Should have won. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean... Look, this might get an Oscar. Well, it is gonna get some nominations for like sound it design. Definitely and will. I mean, like, ba- or best me, actor, maybe. I would. Else? I would say. I, I would, would not be surprised if he did get the nomination at the very least. And he deserves it. I mean, if he won, perfect. If he gets a nomination, you have to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like bare minimum, Look at get nominated. that performance, and then like, 
I mean, the only other one would be uh, DiCaprio in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I'm, case, but definitely. by comparison, no, this is definitely the better performance. This would have, this will win. But I would say this, right? If you want the drama, if you want a real kind of you were robbed, is like, is like, imagine, like whoever's gonna be nominated for best leader. And, we, and the thing is, we can't really predict it because other films haven't arrived yet. That's true. But it's like. If it's between Joaquin and DiCaprio, and DiCaprio wins it again, Ooh. <laughs> and then becomes the whole like even I, who is a DiCaprio fan, would be like, yeah, I think Joaquin was robbed. Huh? <laughs> and yeah. then we, we'll have lots to talk about in, in, in like next year when we do our bullshit Oscar <laughs> episode. Yep. Yeah, two weeks afterwards, because you know, because yeah, none of us have ABC. What fuck streaming? That <laughs> how are we gonna see the Oscars? All right. Uh, if anything is like, this is what I want to say. Uh, Joker as its own self-contained entity needs to be left alone. Yeah, this. Do not spin this off into anything. Do not fucking try to convince Joaquin Phoenix to stand opposite uh, Robert Pattinson in the <laughs> other film. That would be weird. <laughs> that would be weird. I know. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, definitely Fox stepped into the right direction when they decided to do Logan as its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Sure, it cast the same actors. And it paid homage to like I mean not even pay homage. What's the word? Uh, it did self-reference. Yeah. Properly. Okay. And it's like okay maybe as a first step in the the serious comic book graphic novel adaptation. I mean like we can always point at stuff like Watchmen and mm-hmm. even like fucking the three hundred and it's like yeah it's visually there but the thing is what you don't get about these books is that they uh, they attack you on a different cerebral level. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not just a, a trade paperback that you read and throw away. It's like no, you collect these. Th- these are yeah, tomes, yeah. and it's like you get invested. That in entire things. run of people trying to pull off Ellen Moore and none succeeding properly. Yeah, let's yeah. be super <laughs> honest about it. Like for me, like From Hell was kind of close. Watchmen, noble failure, but it's like nobody really pulled off an Ellen Moore because it's not about the visuals it's not about the cool shit it's about it's the message what is like what, it's what, about you know the very clear like anti-establishment message which is just pervasive for all yeah. of his writing not just the comic stuff bingo bingo and like when it comes to something like this film like like, like why I would always point to like very I mean they're not that niche like uh, you know Serious House and Serious Earth is probably one of no wait what was the one uh, Arkham Asylum yeah correct you were the one that right. Grant Morrison okay. wrote right uh, uh, Graham Morrison, not the. Is Serious House on Serious Earth, right? Yeah, it's probably that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arkham it's Asylum. like that is the most fucked up version of the Joker, and nobody's touched it yet. I that think that version exists. I think we're not too far away now. And I would say this, right? When it comes, it's like we can point to Heath Ledger and like it's too. It's a it's a different thing. Yeah, we can point to Jared Leto and like that's how you do it, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, you know. And then uh, it's like. The bar has been raised. Yeah. Mark Hamill has nothing to worry about. He still is the best Joker of all time to oh, me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, to me too. Like, just like, undisputedly best Joker. Yeah, and then, like, now it feels like it's always been Mark Hamill, Heath Ledger, and whoever else has attempted it. Even Jack Nicholson is a, a close third. Mm. Joaquin Phoenix has, to me, shot over Jack Nicholson. Him and Heath are... And, and this is... Uh, we'll have to see how this movie ages and how people react to it in the future. Mm-hmm. But I would say those two are gonna gonna go like head to head as in who did it better after Hamill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I think... I mean? That's for, the conversation. For really. now, I think Ledger is still my second favorite. He's the most fun. 
Well, no, Hamill's the most fun, but... I mean, between the two? Yeah, between the two, he's definitely more fun. And, I don't know, like, also a bit more menacing. Oh, I disagree again. Joaquin is way more scary. Well, no, uh, <laughs> Joaquin is terrifying. Yeah, menacing, like, I would say even he's even more menacing. Just that fucking scene with him holding the scissors, talking to his friend kind of normally. Yeah, that was... <laughs> and then it's like, uh... and then all of a sudden, like, oh yeah, remember when you ratted me up? And it's like, scissors yep, in the neck, it's like, ah... And then, like, seeing the poor, uh, like, uh, little person in the corner just, like, f- losing his fucking mind. And then he's just, like, continuously bashing his head in. So, like, remember that scene after yeah. all that damage? He's like, oh, you can leave now. And then, sure, comedic effect. Locks too high. <laughs> I mean, did you laugh? Yeah. No, I did not. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of giggle like, oh, yep. That, that, I mean, I was looking at going like, I think my cinema giggled too. This is not your cinema giggled. Yes. What kind of monsters are you? I heard, I <laughs> heard terrible ones. Laugh. I have to admit. Oh, really? I heard quite a few people laugh. No, I giggled because the timing was perfect. He's <laughs> like, you know yeah. what? Fuck yeah. But like, just that scene of him walking past. Uh, I forgot what the little guy's name was. Gary or something. Yeah, I think it was Gary. Uh, sorry, if uh, I, uh, but whoever performed that, good, good job, job, sir. <laughs> that scene when, you when he turned around and just patted him on the head yeah and he's like is he gonna stab him and he just leaves he's like that to me like sphincter properly mm-hmm. tightened that know? was a very tense moment like, yeah alright there you go and it's like that, and to me it's like that's what the second time I fell in love with this movie was like you nailed it he is unpredictable mm-hmm. you nailed that aspect and like in my head is like Joker fanboy I had my own checklist when I came in, right? Yeah. I you say, craziness, the laugh, the stance, the look, the performance, the menace, the violence, the, the that. and then all the other things which I didn't expect, which is was the sensitivity, the emotion, uh, that that possibility that at one point of time he did clamor for sanity, yeah. and it wasn't even denied to him. It's just that, oh wait, it was all in my head. Ah, I'm nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like. Oh god! Like then, then it became the roller coaster. It's like this movie had me at that point of time. And like, if if anything, actually, I would have loved if the ending went bigger. Like it really emphasized that this is not real. It just went total like Federico Fellini Italian neorealism nuts. It's like all sorts of things started popping up. It's like, oh wait, this is. You know, it's like I probably would have enjoyed. The Imagine movie. if Terry Gilliam did the ending. I would have enjoyed the ending. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yes. like the so Brazil ending. Uh, like it's like, uh, and, it, and he's nuts. It's like, yeah. but like then again, like if it wasn't in the hands of a master like Terry Gilliam, you could either fuck it up or be too on the nose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Todd Phillips, I guess, as a first time doing this thing with source material that's very delicate, and as much as he, I wouldn't say he failed. I would just say like. I mean, I wouldn't say feel that. He, it's just like he didn't want to go towards the deep end too quickly. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he definitely paced himself very well. So he walked that fine line, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like it's mostly, like, yeah. He, it's like I'm very curious what he does next. You know what I mean? And then Another he hangover, or he could just the shit the bed like the Deadpool guy and make a shitty Predator and now a shitty Terminator. Hey, it's not it's not shitty yet. Wait till it comes out. I have a funny feeling it's gonna be shitty because. <laughs> Like I said, uh, the clue. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have to, from re- the producer of James, from producer James Cameron returns, is like, okay, this is gonna be a piece of shit. Yeah, that's your, that's that's your sort of safeguard. If to get if, you, if you if you need to convince us to watch it for some other reason, and then when the final stinger is like, oh, Arnie's in it again, yeah, this is gonna be a piece of shit. Yeah, huh? like, why did the robot age? 
Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Wait, is it the robot? Oh, so are they gonna dub in that seven guy again? Oh wait, is it that guy from Terminator 3 which nobody saw? Wait, Arnie played the, the army general who yeah. the Terminator is modeled after. And what has he got to do with the story? And you have a lot of explaining to do a Terminator movie, you better explain it. And he's like, and he's like wait, your best idea to fight the liquid metal Terminator is to send another downgraded Terminator. Huh? <laughs> Didn't we already have this conversation in Terminator 2 back in the 80s? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, here's this super awesome Terminator who can turn into anything and he, he can like take any shape and he's like, ah! And like, Okay, how do we fight that? Uh, we, we send a, like a, you know, a, a model that's less... A low model, yeah. Uh, the previous edition. Yeah, we, yeah that's He's how... kind of solid. It's like... What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also Eddie Furlong. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Eddie Furlong does kind of look like Linda Hamilton. It's very quite uncanny. So, um... Anything else you want to add about a Joker movie? This is going on for too long. No, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I think that's about it. I, you've, I, you've basically hit the nail on the head yeah, with I've, this. I think, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much spent. <laughs> I would say this right it's a heavy recommendation from me uh, right, definitely a heavy recommendation from me as well you need us, to yeah. see this and watch form it. your own opinion for sure definitely and if anything right if your opinion is different from somebody else it's like that's exactly what this movie is trying to do I think it did a good job in actually getting divisive commentary from a lot of people here yeah, and no, it's to good. watch it again you know yeah it's a good like, conversation starter that's for sure which is like I mean which is why I'm very interested to watch this movie like maybe 5 years later 10 yeah. years later where this conversation is gonna be totally different depending on the situation true and depending on how many other DC movies we're getting for some I don't know I'm I mean, not looking yeah. forward to the DC follow-up movies <laughs> oh god did you see the Birds of Prey one where they made Harley Quinn empowered like you speaking of getting the character right and then not getting another character right is like <laughs> oh yeah the fantastic <laughs> Jesus first. fuck man it's like I watched Batwoman and I thought the fuck is this shit <laughs> and it's like wait what are they doing like it's, it's gonna be a Birds of Prey Oh uh, yeah, Birds of Prey. Starring Harley Quinn. Well, mainly Harley Quinn and then her ethnic and her, friends. It's Harley Quinn and her cool friends. It's like, you gotta yeah. have so. It's like, that movie's gonna be a piece of shit. But Margot Ruby's coming back. Hey, which is nice. It's because she's a good actress. Cha-ching! <laughs> yeah, and also, <laughs> hey, I do. I will watch anything Margot Ruby does. Even if it's garbage, right? Because like, fuck it, right? Like, because I want yeah. to support her. She is amazing. Yeah. You know what you need, she needs to do? Yeah. I, Tonya, too. <laughs> The hard Tonya the, Harder. The Tonya Harder. Yes, you got my punchline, fucker. <laughs> so we just do like her boxing career. <laughs> yeah, the boxing. Yes! I want to. I would totally want to watch her beat the shit out of people for just two hours. Just smuggle Robbie. Just Rocky but out. rednecks. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky <laughs> but rednecks. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> On that note, so uh, Last King fans, uh, Thank you for sticking around for a very heated debate. For being almost as long as the Joker movie itself. For being as almost as long. I mean, there are also touch. There's also points we didn't even touch on, but yeah, I think yeah. yeah, we got the gist of it out. I would say this: um, watch, um, but especially in this day and age, it's very hard to ignore the additional commentary coming <coughs> out from social media and everywhere else. And I mean, like, if you're expecting something like Venom, no. <laughs> Thankfully, no. Okay, if you're <laughs> expect, God, if, no. if you want a big dumb superhero action flick, not there this. are others. Watch those instead. It's not this. Mm-hmm. If you watched Logan and you kind of liked it, this is a variation. The Joker is probably going to be talked about for a while, but 
I mean, the attention that he's getting right now, I feel is I think it's definitely undeserved for the other reasons. It was, even though it was a good movie, we liked it. It was definitely overhyped in many ways. I would say not as much as nah, overhyped would be something like an event, like a like a Marvel film. I mean, overhyped in terms of like this. like you know what people were expecting the fallout to be. And then everyone goes like that. Yeah, I, I, maybe, yeah. maybe the word's not overhyped, though, but it's like yeah, I everybody mean, it's was. A, it's the closest word I could think of at the time. I know, I know exactly what you're trying to say. So, uh, do check it out. Yeah, yes, please do. Probably it's up there now. It's in the pantheon of uh, best comic book movies, and if anything, it is definitely a great character study and a a great document of the potential of what we can do with comic book characters. Yeah, and. I look forward to seeing what we do next with, uh, well, anything we give it this kind of treatment. What would you do? What would you do with this kind of treatment? Uh, Moon Knight. <laughs> oh, yeah. Moon well, Knight. no, because yes. Moon Knight needs to be fun. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Okay, Tech Knight. Yes. <laughs> the Tech Knight Salo movie. Don't even introduce the rest of uh, the boys. Just that. <laughs> Just Tech Knight and how his descent into depravity. Oh, I can't help it. <laughs> Now, that is a movie that's going to be hard for me to defend. Yeah. <laughs> and not enjoy. <laughs> and explain too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what? Oh, I will come wait for the boy season two. What's taking so long? Anyway. Well, we just finished it. Chill out. Yeah, it just came out this year, dude. You gotta wait another year. I want more fucked up shit because I'm so bored of mediocrity. So, uh, Last King fans, uh, be prepared for a bunch of nothing to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah. Next yeah. up, Gemini Man. Yay. Woo. Will Smith plays as Will, Will Smith. Smith. <laughs> yeah. Sure. And he's like, you know what's the weird thing about that, that poster? Yeah. They DJ'd him and I couldn't tell. <laughs> I could tell the difference either. He's like, what's this supposed to be? Is he fighting his twin? No, he's fighting his younger self. Oh yeah, it's true. A black don't crack. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> this one's slightly smoother and a bit less grey. <laughs> this is definitely like oh. the pre j That's version. a drop right there, man. Yeah, Out of context, yeah. it's a lot smoother and a less grey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you think about Linda Hamilton in Terminator Dark Fate? That's a lot less, <laughs> a little less good. And on that note, let's not forget Maleficent. Fuck no. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and on that note, uh, oh, like this has been Eccentric Tom. <laughs> this is the man who laughs. And this has been yeah, Doctor Stephanie.